Marshall's Bizarre episode 8.1 cut and first take take one <clears throat> hello people of the universe and welcome to another episode of Marshall's Bizarre starring me Marshall Brown now let's get things started we are out in the big room again the sound is bouncing off of the walls there is no filtration but there is great reason for that I'm talking about something I've always wanted to talk about the future of the video games industry but I can't just talk about this by myself this is a conversation that is meant to be had with fellow gamers and I have brought fellow gamers with me tonight we will be having a six-person conversation about this hot topic with pretty much anything that we can think of as an idea being thrown onto the table. It's opinionated, but at the same time, it is made with experience, trust, and love. Let's introduce the panelists. First, we have Dustin. Ryerson. Yes. And then we have Kyle. What's up? We got Harrison. Of course. We got Peter. What's going on? And we've got Daniel. <laughs> so, let's get things started, shall we? We are talking about the future of the video games industry. I'm going to pose this as a roundtable question. Everybody just go, like, in a circle when I ask you this. So first, um, I want to know, what is the first video game you ever played? Go. Need for Speed. Which one? Hot Pursuit 3. Cool. Uh, Mario for Super Nintendo. Uh, Mario World, I assume? I think so. Cool. Uh, Pokemon Snap. Pokemon Snap on... No Instagram. introduction needed. <laughs> of course. Did you get Mew? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Many times. Peter? Hey, you Pikachu. <laughs> That's another spin-off N64 Pokemon game. Crazy kids. <laughs> Uh, my first was Duke Nukem 3D on PC. Now, we got ourselves a real down-home homegrown right here. Like, Duke Nukem, that's where it's at. Doom, Wolfenstein, some of the best of the first in the underground PC launch stuff that just brought first-person shooting to the masses. It's awesome. As for me, my first video game I ever played was Mario Kart 64. There was a haircut place in Texas that I used to go to that let you play video games whilst getting your hair cut. And one of the games they had there was Mario Kart 64. I never played another video game before that, but I picked it up, and it gave me great joy to see Mario drown in Koopa Troopa Beach and get hit by a train in Calamari Desert. It was beautiful, to say the very least. But, as you all know, the rest was, in fact, great history. Because nowadays, we've seen great innovations in the video game world that has brought us closer to reality in a virtual sense. Case in point, all of those VR devices that have come out. So I pose the question, do you really think that VR is the future of gaming? Yes. Why do you think that, Dustin? I think VR is the future of gaming because the mechanics of certain first-person shooters and driving and racing games combined with free-floating type mechanics can really accelerate the gaming industry and give a more full experience. All right, what about you, Kyle? What do you think? Well, I'd say that's not like a loaded question. How do you have that answer prepared? But my, uh, my answer is probably uh, no, I don't think it's the future of gaming, but I think it has a future in other categories. Like what? Um, I don't know, maybe like simulation driving or something. I wouldn't call that a game. Maybe some type of military training probably like drone flying 
I know they have uh, VR or uh, pilots' helmets and jets. So, oh. yeah. All right. What do you think, Hair Bear? Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, I think games have always tried to be more engrossing. And I think VR is just a logical extension of that. So, what do you think, Peter? Um, I think it's going to be part of the gaming industry in the future, but I don't think it's like the future alone. It's always going to be a lot of 2D games and 3D games still being popular. So I don't think saying that it's solely the future is quite true. So my personal opinion is that yes, it is the future of gaming, but also as media as a whole. And I think it has potential as a medium for people to experience any sort of a simulation but i also think it has potential because of its upbringing in recent times um like i said i well i didn't say this but my first game being duke nukem 3d i also played doom a lot uh john carmack the guy who programmed the engine for doom um he is now the cto for oculus and he's really spearheading the vr industry right now and he's honestly one of the best graphics programmers in the world if not the best and i think in his hands you know vr can really go a long way and it already has since he started working for oculus back in 2013 um and there's not really a lot of competitors on the market either so i'm excited to see where it goes as for me i think vr has a very tricky spot to really go under because humans see at if we were talking about the frame rate and resolution that people, human beings, see at, it's astronomically inclined. That's kind of somewhat of a transition I want to bring into things. So, the long history of video game consoles has boiled down to the next evolutionary step in generation. It started with 4-bit games, and then there were 8-bit games, 16-bit, 32-bit, 64-bit, 128-bit. But the resolutions and technology just keeps getting higher and higher and higher to the point where the PS3 was made and built so well that new games are still coming out for the PS3 as we speak. It's honestly amazing to think about it, but that's kind of the way we go into where generations come about and everything. Of course, uh, Nintendo did in fact arbitrarily start the next generation by making the Nintendo Switch. But apart from what they did, the next question I want to bring up is this. What do you think the next generation of video game consoles slash PC hardware um, will look like? What do you think it'll introduce to the long string of the masses? I think something that uh, all of us want to see as far as uh, MMO players is we'd like to see multiplayer games with higher player count. For example, we saw with the release of the PS4 and the remastered version of Battlefield 4, we saw 32 individual players versus 32 individual players. And we know this is accomplished um, just by having a particular network size, but we also know the PC that we're able to have even more players pit up against each other. And I think with the release of Battlefront and other sort of wide-scale first-person shooters, uh, including aircraft, tanks, destroyers, battleships, all sorts of things, I think players would really like to appreciate a higher player count along with game content. You're up, Kyle. I mean, as far as the next generation of PCs and gaming consoles, 
I think PCs will always tend to be a step ahead. That's how consoles can produce their product at such an affordable price point. But, uh, I mean, it'll just continue to grow like it does. We're starting to reach a point where uh, processors are starting to reach a limit, I think. So, uh, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think like we were saying about VR, I think the whole next generation of consoles will come prepackaged with VR. There's no doubt about it. It's going to be, I think, the main feature in the way that, like, the PS5 and, you know, Xbox One, Two, whatever you call <laughs> that. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be one of their primary selling points. Um, for me, I think there's going to be quite a little bit of time where people are going to look back at some of the old um, styles, like when games first came out, like going to MMOs and everything, and they're they need to like take those elements back because so far uh, most MMO games haven't been doing so well and a lot of the PC community um, get big games on the uh, and MMOs just need to look back on the roots and find an element that'll kind of make them succeed because where it's at right now just upgrading to new hardware soft you know it's just they need to look, find a better game design I think it, it takes more um, with working on that so the limiting factor here is pretty much 100% hardware. Like all the mathematics, all the software has already been established to get like lifelike simulation. The only reason we can't get it exactly right is because of we don't have enough hardware power. And that's why I feel like VR really does need to be the next step because if people want that next extension of lifelike simulation, that's the only place it can go. Like, I feel like uh, Sony and Microsoft, if they really want to spice things up for their customers, like, they have to do something like that. Like Harry was saying, like, they really need to spice things up by including a new medium to experience the game. But that's also why I feel like the indie game scene is doing so well right now, because they're spicing up the industry in a totally different way with niche titles that fulfill like some kind of a puzzle solving strategy for the player it's not like a first person shooter like everything else out there right now um it, it really is all about fulfilling a niche in in my opinion at this moment in time so for hardware they need to do something different for software you know make more games that are more interesting did you have something to add dustin Yes, I think um, cloud-based solutions should be implemented in this uh, design okay. as far as the topology goes. I mean, being a systems administrator and, and seeing the cloud-based solutions that some of these companies offer, I think Sony can really put some money down as far as building their own cloud for processing and not forcing their gaming community to upgrade systems with the release of the PS4 Pro. There's really no difference between it and the PS4 as far as games go. So I think with little improvement on their own infrastructure size and their own monitoring and customer service that they'll bring out the best in the gamers and continuing to release whatever great games they have. Here are my thoughts. I think, for one thing, the very slight difference between consoles and PCs will soon vanish. I mean, think about it. Soon we're going to have the Xbox One X, which is so expensive you might as well own your very own gaming PC with the same specs. I mean, at this point, when it comes to the next generation, I think it's all going to culminate into one thing. 
I believe that soon everybody will have an integrated entertainment center that is just their gaming PC, which they can use to not only game, but do other entertainment functions, such as surfing the net and probably watching Netflix or something along those lines. I think it's all going to soon going to be, you know, pretty much just like integrated into one thing. And based upon the sheer lack of standout exclusives in comparison to last console generations of the past, I think that one of the, you know, big things to think about is, is the next generation of video game hardware solely VR or just technological steps that don't even look that different from each other? Because think about it, when the jump from 8-bit to 16-bit happened, with the release of the Super Nintendo in comparison to the regular Nintendo Entertainment System, that was a huge step. Like, the pictures begin to look just like you'd see in comic books or cartoons or something like that. But nowadays, most games don't even look that different from each other. The game engines just look really great, realistic, and everything. But, uh... But I really feel like they can't top each other at this point because they've hit somewhat of a balloon in the innovation of technology. And sure, you could argue that Moore's Law may still be applied to an industry that prides itself in doubling its complexity with every single passing year. But I think at this point, it's really up to whatever the developers decide to do. With that said, I'm done with the boring questions. We're going to move on to something fun. Guys, at this time, I want to take the last bit of the episode to brainstorm. I'm going to stop with the... Uh, round table question conversation style and I want everybody to really just chime in when they think of something. I want us all to take these next few minutes to brainstorm and think about what you personally think is the next big idea in gaming. Get as stupid as you want to get. Get as outrageous as you think you can get. Say anything as long as it doesn't involve bad words. I really want to see what we all think of as like the next big idea. With that said, I'll start. I think the next big idea in gaming is going to be games combined with even more peripherals like knives. If you want to like make the next Cooking Mama game, you got to have some of that knife hardware whilst you're making the food and having the instructions put out to you onto the screen. Eh, eh, anybody? You know what they should do? They should actually make the next big first-person shooter game is like with a peripheral that's a gun with kickback in it. So you feel like you're shooting something. Mm. That would be awesome. Okay. Would be I cool. think a Force Unleashed 3 with virtual reality and an attachment lightsaber would be fantastic. Okay, but if we all had realistic lightsabers, we'd cut each other's hands off. You better talk mm. to Disney. <laughs> the next thing is probably going to be like some kind of chair, something small. Like People buy massage chairs. Like, And I just saw the other day in like the mall... They have this. They have these chairs set up like where they put on the VR headsets just to the, show the gimmick for the VR. But they also have this ch- the chairs that move and stuff like specifically in the mall. You have to pay like some fee, and that's why you also get the chair experience. But I think that will probably come to be something that p- could potentially be something that people buy. I think it's gonna. I think it's all gonna go in with like. I'm sorry for interrupting, but I think it's all going to go like a step further, like in Code Lyoko, where you just do a whole mind meld with a game and you just feel everything, or like Sword Art Online, where it's just yeah. pretty much all in. Like, put the whole body experience up to it. I think they're really trying to work towards a persistent virtual world, not yeah. just a stationary experience like Oculus. HTC Vive is kind of bridging the gap by putting sensors in the room where you can actually walk around, but now we're seeing that 
treadmill type thing with the special shoes you can wear to run around. So what I personally want to see is, right now, I'd be happy with some kind of a simulation demo as a proof of concept for a bigger game, but in the future, I want a bigger game that I can run around in physically. You know, that's the experience for me, feeling like I'm actually doing something rather than, you know, exercising my thumbs with a controller. Right, right. I, I think that that'll be just one out of many options. I think um, if we want to come up with even more crazy peripherals or game ideas, what if there's like a fighting game where you actually, you know, do the whole fight moves and stuff? They tried to do that all the time with like the Sega Activator and the Kinect, but it just failed miserably. But they got to make it even more intense and they got to make the technology cheaper so that more people would adopt it that could apply to any new idea when it comes to technology and gaming in general well, i think it's only a matter of time till somebody does a demo like that you can program the connect and you might be able to pair it with a vr device so maybe it's not <laughs> too far away what do yeah. you think harry well like you're talking about uh you know like a cooking game where you would need some kind of physical knife or something like that and then like a treadmill that you would be walking on, I think that it's going to be more like you'll have like kind of like a toolbox of objects that will simulate the things that you're doing in the VR headset because there's no actual reason for them to look like their counterparts in the game. You know, I think that you'll have some kind of device that maybe you can extend so it feels more like a sword in your hand and can give some of that motion and feedback or something that you can maybe have that's like a gun or you know sub it in to different games i think that you have these devices that look nothing like their counterparts thoughts kyle um i don't know i feel like i can't think that far ahead i have got the perfect idea for the next evolution mm -hmm. in racing games a peripheral based computer system that you attach to the car windows of your very own car and it basically puts the pictures of the game world around you in your own car whilst you're racing in it. And you can just attach it to your own car and you just race around it in the wheel and stuff like that. Like go in the parking lot or wherever your car is. You put like a bunch of TVs on your windows and then a gaming PC in your trunk and you just hop to it. It really seems like it would only be possible with a self-driving car. The only safe way to do that. Right, right, but like the car would still be in place, but like you'd get input from the motion of the wheel and the pedals and stuff. Imagine no. how much more fun it would be if you're actually driving around in the car. IRL, yeah. yeah. With just like, like a bunch of <laughs> graphics put on top of like yeah. the real world with AR and stuff. I can see them doing it with uh, like the self driving cars, like mapping where you drove, and then like you get yeah. home, park, and then you can turn on the simulation and like you start racing. Or that. I could see this as like a selling point for people who hate their trip to work or something. They just put better scenery on the windows while they're self-driving to work. Yeah, like you could see like driving a couple of bunny else. rabbits hopping across on the yeah. on the grass while you're driving by. Actually, you know, if we'll they could just put a bunch of graphics covering up our vision into anything, they could pretty much make the best driving games, the best dating sims. Like, you could do, like, Pokemon Go, but, like, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think they were onto something with Ingress. They were onto something with Pokemon Go. You know, that's another big step. That's I just like... hope they don't... I just hope the U.S. government doesn't, like, gamify everything to the point where everything's based upon the microtransactions mm. or something like that. Yeah. I think that people are pretty aware of that. I think it's moving towards more of a subscription model. Right, right. I think that's kind of how Sony and Microsoft pull off something like what you're talking about. 
Okay, so that's going to do it for this episode of Marshall's Bazaar. I'm going to end off with one more insightful question. If you could put any Overwatch character into Super Smash Bros., which one would it be? And if you've never played Overwatch before, then just say, I've never played Overwatch before, so Hanzo, I guess. <laughs> All right, go. Hanzo. All right. Roadhog. Sweet. That big robot guy. There's a lot of big robot guys. Can you be more specific, please? You know, the one that turns into like a turret. Oh, Bastion. Bastion. Freaking Bastion. Happened, uh, Winston. <laughs> um, could be like an alternate costume for Donkey Kong. Oh. Yeah. Harambe slash Winston. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that uh, they haven't already slightly referenced it. But then again, I think it was Smash Bros. Wii U that came out before Overwatch. Well, if I had to pick, I'm actually gonna go Devil's Advocate and pick May. I really think the freezing stuff hasn't been played around with much in other games, and I think it could really work. Like, if you do Mortal Kombat with Mei versus Sub-Zero, I think that could be very interesting. That's a good idea. Yeah, it is. I think a good Smash Bros. character would be Reinhardt. <laughs> he, just has the, he just has the kit for it. They uh, I'd, I'd put Reinhardt Schneider from Castlevania into Super Smash Brothers. How about we talk more about this over Bluebell Ice Cream? Sure All right. What is Little Link and Injuries <laughs> Sub-Zero? <laughs> like, that's not Link, but like... <laughs> Link from Wind Waker. I'm just going to stop you there because nope. Well, anyways, <laughs> as I said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Marshall's Bazaar. Thank you so much for listening. And feel free to follow me on SoundCloud if you want to get some more Marshall Brown music and audio content all the time. Stay tuned for next week's episode of Marshall Bazaar where I'll be talking about something else. Actually, you know what? Let's mix it up. Next week, I will not be doing an episode of Marshall's Bazaar. Next week, I will actually be doing another YouTube video. I haven't done one of those in a while. And so, next week, feel free to tune into my main YouTube channel, which I'll put a link to below, and feel free to take a look at everything else and prepare yourself, because next week, I will be doing a sequel to The Many Outfits of Marshall Brown, called The Many More Outfits of Marshall Brown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know you cheer for anything. <laughs> but yeah thanks again for uh, listening don't forget to follow me on social media links are in the description below thank you so much I want to thank everybody in the room for coming on to here and doing this little silly stuff with me oh, thanks for having I really us. appreciate it yeah, and you, uh, I will yeah, see y'all next week when I do many more outfits of Marshall Brown with that said Marshall Brown out bye <laughs> you pooted <laughs> you can cut it out yeah.